Stream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Hello, welcome to Authentic Living. This is Andrea Matthews, your host. We've been exploring the parameters and the possibilities of the authentic self, what that means, how to attain authentic self, and today, we're going to explore two different things, both along the same, in the same genre. The first is we're going to be talking a little bit about the American Institute of Holistic Theology, our sponsor, uh, to explore the concept of holistic theology. And then we're going to be talking to Mary B. Sullivan, who is the author of Dancing Naked Under the Moon, who will help us with the personal, personal aspects of holistic theology. Uh, the American Institute of Holistic Theology is a distance learning school. Um, and they have several different programs that offer a bachelor's, a master's, and a doctoral degree uh, in holistic ministries, metaphysics, parapsychic science, holistic health, and about 20 electives you can choose from. Each of these courses are um, written from the standpoint of several different spiritual leaders of today, including Buddhist leaders, uh, metaphysical leaders, including a wide uh, parameter of spiritual information. Just recently, they have developed a holistic theology curriculum offering a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a doctoral degree that offers several courses uh, that I'd like to tell you about today because they uh, are an introduction to our topic of who is God for you. Uh, the bachelor's degree at the holistic theology level at the American Institute of Holistic Theology offers a course in world religions, a course in prayer, an introduction to union psychology, and the, the bachelor's level, master's level, and doctoral level all or, offer three different levels of coursework in Course in Miracles. Um, it also offers God and Christ in the Bible based on Jack Miles' books, a God, a Biography, and Christ. Liberal theology is also offered, and Native American spirituality. There's two different levels of Gnosticism, an introduction and a doctoral level course in Gnosticism. And then there's a course on the Holy Quran, a course in Wisdom, and a course in Feminist Theology. And that's just the bachelor's level. The, the offerings that are given here offer the student a opportunity to explore God from a wide perspective. What is holistic theology? Holistic theology is a picture of the whole God. Theology is the study of God, and holism is the whole perspective. So this would include everyone's version of God. Is God Allah? Is God Brahman? Is God the God that we understood uh, from the Jewish perspective of Yahweh? Is God the Christian God? Who is God to you? That's what this coursework intends to ask and allow the student to answer. The master's level courses at um, the American Institute of Holistic Theology offer a spirituality and personal transformation course, 
A Course in Therapeutic Prayer or the Prayer of Healing. A Course in the Transformation that Occurs at the Dream Level. A Course in the Kabbalah. A Course in Buddhism, which is also offered at a secondary level, at the doctorate level. Uh, again, the Course in Miracles. African Theology, using the African Theology in its social context and, and uh, African Theology Today which are uh, both very good studies of African theology. Then there's a study of mystery theology and Hindu theology. At the doctoral level, we, uh, the student can study shamanic journeys, another course in Buddhism, another course in, mir- course in miracles, another course in Gnosticism, a study of fundamentalism. And this is not just American fundamentalism in terms of Christian fundamentalism, but it's fundamentalism as it is all over the world. The coursework also offers a study in the Dead Sea Scrolls and a course in Theosophy based on H.P. Blavatsky's work. Transformative Spirituality is also offered with a study of the Dogen, Merton, and Jung as a quest for transformation. So you can see that the, a broad perspective is given that offers the student an opportunity to really understand God in all different levels, all different methods, all different ways of accessing God, all different uh, ways of reaching inside the self to find out who God is for you. If you're interested in a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or a doctoral degree in holistic theology, you can contact the American Institute of Holistic Theology at aiht.edu. I hope you'll call if you're interested. Remember, they also offer other courses in holistic ministries, metaphysics, parapsychic science, holistic health as well. Today, we're exploring holistic theology. And for that purpose, we are going to be talking to Mary B. Sullivan, who, as we said, is the author of Dancing Naked Under the Moon, Uncovering the Wisdom Within, which is a personal account of her own spiritual journey. And we're going to explore that spiritual journey with her today as it takes in the idea of the holistic theology. Mary began an end-of-life care nonprofit organization called Project Compassion after the death of her dear friend Rhonda. Eventually, however, she changed her focus from care of the dying to care of the living. She went to school to learn life coaching and began offering one-on-one life coaching and offered workshops and retreats as well. She became a certified Seasons of Change, tra- Seasons of Change training for professionals and people map facilitator. Her spiritual memoir is Dancing Naked Under the Moon, and it has to do with unpeeling the layers of the unproductive roles and beliefs in search of authenticity, which is exactly what we've been exploring during our uh, previous shows. Mary, welcome to our show today, and uh, I want to ask you just a little bit about um, your journey. I want you to tell us, if you will, just real briefly about the basic overview of how your journey started and, and where it took you. Well, thank you, Andrea. I'm glad to be here with you today. And, um, you know, for many of us, our journey starts in, in our youth and, and, and our growing up. And I was raised in a traditional Catholic family, and I have such gratitude for being raised in that environment and having a sense of God from my earliest memories as a part of our family. But over time, what I found was um, in my young 20s that for me personally, there was something missing. And the primary thrust of my choosing to leave the Catholic tradition had to do with feeling 
left out in a way because women couldn't be priests. And so um, leaving the Catholic Church, I knew I still had a relationship with God, but I didn't know how I fit in because after 20-some years of identifying with a specific religion, all of a sudden taking off on my own in this journey with God seemed very scary and in some ways wrong because I was raised to believe you did things a certain way. And so how I honored my family and how I honored my heart um, became a journey that took a lot of twists and turns. And I think for me, the loss of my best friend, dear, dear friend Rhonda, when um, she was a young mother, I was a young mother, uh, was the catalyst for me to look at what created the most, what had most meaning in my life. And in that journey, um, after Rhonda died, I realized it was very important for me to unpeel some of the layers um, that were preventing me from living fully. And it's easy to say that here, you know, unpeel the layers. Oh, sure, unpeel the layers. (laughs) But as any of us who have been through that kind of a journey know, it can be uh, very difficult in trying to pull off these layers of facade of, perfect wife, perfect mother, perfect everything um, in order to try to get down to the essence of who we truly are. Absolutely. And and the only way we can understand that we are actually living in an unproductive role is is by looking at the tension that Mm. it creates. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's going to be an unwelcome awareness when we first discover it that we're not going to be wanting to see that, oh, I've got this tension. Right. Right. And I think that, um, you know, Wayne Muller, who's a beautiful writer, and there are many others who speak to the importance of leaning into the hard stuff. And so for me, on this journey, one of the things that I realized was I had been spending a lot of time making myself very busy so that I wouldn't have to really face the reality of my grief or face the reality of unfulfilled dreams. And, um, and it, it wasn't natural. It was almost counterintuitive, but it was in leaning into the hard stuff and being present with them fully and allowing them to almost be my teachers that I was able to eventually have the freedom to let go of, for me anyway, this need to be so perfect. Which, which got in the way of living very fully. So perfection is definitely one of the layers that has to be peeled, but below that, I guess what we find is a lot of fear. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think, that, I think you're right on target there. And um, for all of us, probably that fear is different. You know, um, I think... Uh, for me, there was a lot of fear, um, perhaps about being alone and then losing this dear friend as horrible and hard as that was. I also found that, you know, I, I can be, uh, that I'm not alone, you know, that even in loss, we're not alone. There's this divine presence that is with us. Um, and so... The fear, so that's one fear, sure. And then another fear was a fear of losing financial security, 
fear of losing standing in the community when I chose to leave a 16-year marriage. Um, so, yes, I would say um, you're absolutely right. Underneath it, for many of us, is fear. Okay, and that fear can be all-encompassing sometimes and really kind of keep us from recognizing that there is something even further below the fear, which is much more authentic and much more enriching and actually even joyful. Okay, today we're exploring authenticity with Mary B. Sullivan, the author of Dancing Naked Under the Moon. We're going to be back after the break. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Are you ready to crash through illusion, break through your personal barriers, and slay the internal nemesis of your dark side? TNT is here to awaken your soul and unravel the hidden messages of your unconscious mind. Discover your hidden treasure map and use TNT to find the tools you need to become your own demolition tech. Collapse the old and choose the new. It's Dynamite Awareness with TNT. Tracy Irons and Tracy McMahon every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network and visit us at www.dynamiteawareness.com. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Are you in need of a cosmic kick? Are you frustrated with your ability to move forward in all areas of your life and spiritual growth? Adrian Wentworth is a master at getting you unstuck. A fearless and grounded healer and teacher, Adrian covers subjects that few will touch and reveals the missing keys to your success. Be uplifted by the healing energies that flow through her as she shares her profound wisdom and helps you shift past your obstacles to create the life you long for. Listen to Cosmic Kick with Adrian Wentworth every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, 
Back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back to Authentic Living. We're talking with Mary B. Sullivan today about her book, Dancing Naked Under the Moon, and also about the holistic theology courses that are offered at the American Institute of Holistic Theology, which is our sponsor. So we were talking, Mary, before the break about um, peeling off the layers um, and want to talk just a little bit more about what that involves. You said leaning into uh, what doesn't feel so good. Can you say some more about that? Well, sure. You know, I think um, in a way, taking a step back, a lot of times people have asked uh, Mary, why did you choose the title Dancing Naked Under the Moon? Uh, because there's a lot of hard stuff that um, we all have gone through. And in my journey, I talk about going through loss of a friend, loss of marriage, you know, financial loss of financial security. Um, but really it is about uh, being nakedly honest with God and with ourselves and with others and living with, from the joy that can come from being nakedly honest. And, and when I speak about joy, Andrea, I don't mean that kind of joy that is, oh, every day's happy and sunshiny. Of course, you know, no matter what, um, we are going to go through hard times in our lives. Um, but it's a different essence of joy that comes from knowing that you are um, maintaining a sense of connection with the divine that is true and honest. And, and when we talk about this naked honesty, that really is the starting point, is being honest with God and with ourselves. And um, when I speak to God, uh, about God, I'm, I'm not talking about some personification of God and who God is that way, but just the sense of God, this all-present creator who wants nothing uh, but good for us and, and already knows what's in our heart. And so... In being nakedly honest, what it really entails is coming back to ourselves and looking and going, okay, I have been running these programs long enough, and we talked about the perfection program and all of that, and it hasn't worked so great. And so how can I be completely open and true to who I am and get to the deepest essence of who I am? And, and from that... For me, anyway, um, when I was stripped down and exhausted and bare from my grief, I realized that underneath this grief and sadness, there was a person who felt incredibly spiritual, who felt very connected to God, who still felt connected to Rhonda after she had died, and realized that the gift she gave me in her uh, leaving was for me to realize the preciousness of my life and that I didn't want to waste that. And that was one of the first uh, realizations of naked honesty for me was I didn't just want to trudge through life and keep doing what was expected of me. I wanted to live very fully and, um, and experience um, as many of the moments as I possibly can. Uh, I think it's easy for all of us to get complacent, but just that whole idea of being mindful, of living each moment um, with an awareness that we don't know how many moments we will have. You know, one of the things you said there uh, raises something in me. It is so hard for us to imagine that deep under all the layers there's actually a peaceful 
happy, alive, and joyous person, we tend to think um, in an archetypal kind of way, down through the centuries, we tend to think that when we peel off the layers, we're going to find some monster. <laughs> and, that, and that this, uh, you know, he's the devil, and we're going to find out that we really are evil. And so the reason that we want to hide who we are from ourselves and from other people is because we're so afraid that that person is going to be really not somebody we want to know and certainly with somebody we don't want to look in the mirror at. We sure don't want anybody else seeing it. Well, exactly. And also, so many times in society, you know, we're really encouraged to be one way. And as a mother of teenagers, I'm so aware, you know, that I try not to do this to my children, but, it, you know, it, it is a chore, don't you think? I mean, you know, not, but in any case, as, as human beings in society, we've been raised like, this is what a good girl does, this is what a good Catholic does, this is what a good student does, this is what a good mother does, this is what a good wife does. And so all of a sudden, we realize these are the things that we're praised for, and sometimes, um, you know, like for me, I made a choice to take on a role of, in a way, executive wife and, um, and really denied many of my own dreams. And financially, and in many other ways, it was a very good thing for a while, but there were these other parts of me that I was denying. And um, it was almost as if uh, I didn't think that that... that person underneath all those layers was good enough um, and that she may not be accepted because she really is very different than a suburban housewife. <laughs> and so if I were to express her, would I, what community would I have? You know, what would be left? And so that, you know, getting back to your uh, comment earlier about underneath is fear. You know, for me, there was also fear about who would I be if I wasn't these other things. And the acceptance piece is huge. Um, but I also want to comment on uh, something about, you know, finding that, um, and I love the title of your series about authentic living and finding that authentic self. And for me, uh, one of the turning points was taking time and sabbatical and allowing there to be more stillness in my life. And, um, and, and the ballast to my days are a, content, a Christian contemplative practice uh, centering prayer, uh, but I've spent, you know, not, uh, years in, before this in different kinds of Eastern tradition meditation. And, and for me, it was allowing myself to be still, even in the difficult times, and maintaining a, a regular connection with the divine, and um, and culturally, we're not really encouraged to be still either. And that that comes from that idea that we have to be productive in order to be worthy. Mm-hmm. Back to that same concept of good and evil, which is is has been either it sprung from religion, spring sprang sprung. It came from religion, <laughs> but it but it really is has to do with something that you just uh, mentioned. It has to do with culture. Um, mm-hmm. This whole thing of morality and goodness and, you know, all that comes from cultures and, and different cultures have different ideas about what that is. So we put that into our religious upbringing and we make it into what God is and we define God by that. And 
that makes us have real difficulty when we come to Bible verses like the one in Isaiah 45, 7 that says, I am Yahweh and there is none else. I form the light and I create the darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, Yahweh, do all these things. So it's hard for us to go, oh, well, now what does that really mean? Mm. <laughs> because we so split off our ideas about what is God and what is not God. And that whole thing comes back to what is holistic theology Mm-hmm. In the face of that, and you've just said you explored Eastern mm-hmm. uh, religions in order to come to your own true path, I- I'd like to hear more about that. And we may not have a lot of time just before the break, but I want to finish it after the break if we don't. So if you'll go ahead and start with that, I'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a long time after I left uh, traditional Christian churches where, you know, I really got most of my spiritual food from books and meditation and then uh, lived in Tokyo for a while. So it was beautiful to live in a Buddhist culture and to see things from a different perspective. And it was there that I began um, taking yoga classes and meditation classes. And I found um, a very personal experience of God that was different than anything. And I don't even know that I would have you know, even the word God can be so, um, anyway, you know, but I mean, for some people, that's not necessarily they would use, but divine, you know, in yoga classes and in meditation, and it was almost when I went to places where there was no, there were no words, that there was this incredible experience of the divine on a very deep level, and Actually, at one point, I ended up studying uh, back here in the States under a Tibetan Buddhist Lama, Lama Norla, and I found in these Buddhist teachings um, an incredible, uh, wonderful message about mindfulness and about um, karma and uh, just so many truths that um, were so deep and true for me that seemed very similar to what I heard in Christian teachings, but they were just presented in a different way. And, um, and I took a class in world religions in California and loved seeing that, you know, there's this thread, this common thread among all these traditions. The language we use might be different. The stories we use may, might be different. But there is um, a lot of similarity in many of these about this whole sense of, creator God, um, about this sense of love and being loving, loving God and loving ourselves and loving our neighbors. Um, and so uh, I, I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah, and that, that thread is what we want to pick up when we come back after the break. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living, sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. We'll be back in just a moment. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance 
to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T. It's a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earn my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, holistic ministries, parapsychic science, and holistic theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. What can you tell me about Skills USA? Skills USA teaches you employability skills. So you know how to deal with people, you have teamwork, your resume is going to look awesome. Well, it's important to know your technical skills, but not only that, to have soft skills, the skills of learning how to communicate with people. On the web at skillsusa.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Okay, we're back. This is Authentic Living, and I'm Andrea Matthews, your host. We're talking today with Mary B. Sullivan, the author of Dancing Naked Under the Moon, Uncovering the Wisdom Within. Mary, we started before the break talking about that central theme that is, uh, can be carried through most of the world's religions. Can you say just a little bit more about uh, the discovery of God as you saw it as a central theme that sort of wove its way through those religions? Sure. Um... You know, I remember I was in um, Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, Lama Norla, who is a a Tibetan Buddhist Lama, and, I mean, from Tibet, he's 60-something years old now, wonderful man, and it was soon after Rhonda had died, and he was giving a teaching, and he was talking about that, you know, happiness is... um, well, ha- you know, that happiness is found in virtuous thoughts, speech, and action. And um, I was so struck by how what he was saying was very similar to things I would have heard in church over the years. And, um, and so even though in the Buddhist tradition 
They don't necessarily speak to God. Underneath that was a tenant that I, that I attributed to um, teachings that people who are wanting to live of God, be spiritual beings, um, that was a truth that was there, and it was a truth in Christianity as well. And, um, and, I, and so I, I, you know, I just think that we see this over and over again, you know, teachings on forgiveness, teachings on compassion. Um, they show up in different ways in the different traditions, um, and yet underneath it all is a sense of, like the desert mothers would say, love God, love neighbor, love God, love neighbor. Yeah, and that... that demonstrates to me that it doesn't matter what tool we use to find the divine, it, it matters that we go looking. You know, even mm-hmm. cognitive dissonance can be used to mm-hmm. find God. Even doubt can be used. Internal conflict can be mm-hmm. Anything can be asked a question. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. come to our own answers when we can ask a question. Well, you know, one of the things that Lama Norla said to me that really struck me was, you know, choose a path and go deeply. And so um, from that, what I really, what I took from it, and, you know, he may have meant something different, was that it is very, very important. The path is so important, you know, just that the path itself is so very, very important and that we honor that path. Um, with questions um, and with taking time to be still so that the wisdom within can be accessed. Um, I think sometimes we look externally and we think if I find the right religion or if I find the right teacher or if I find the right house or I find the right job, then I'm going to find the truth. And the reality is it's not all those external things. The reality is in most of these traditions there's a mystical side. And it's in the mystical piece that we come to understand the importance of being still. And, you know, in the 46th Psalm where it says, be still and know that I am God. Um, and it gets back to what you were referring to before. Um, and the fact that um, it's not about us. It's, it's about us being conduits for the divine here and, and living out joyfully that, that role. So... So that even the psychology of an individual might factor into how that person might have spirituality, the personality might factor into it. The yeah. pathway, what you're talking about there is the pathway has got to be individual because I, I often say this to my clients, if, if you want to find a real spirituality, you've got to be real. It, 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 thank you, absolutely. And I think that that you know that doesn't mean that when we're in, the, in that moment, uh, you know, when we are being real, that we don't question what we're doing, or is it the right path, or is this going to, you know, is this the right path for me, or you know, I mean, that I think is so a part of it. But it's staying and being with it and not reacting from that place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so important, and and being real. Thank you for saying that because. I think one of the things that, um, you know, I see this with my clients. I see it with people who come to the retreats. I think one of the beautiful things that happens when we gather here, you know, in a beautiful place with nature all around us, and nature seems to be so important for all of us in a way of feeling comfortable with being who we really are. It's like we get back to our natural essence. 
and again and again and again, you know, you can just hear uh, the theme of people, uh, and I do mostly women's retreats, women who feel as though they have to be a certain way and be on the path in a certain way. Um, and, I, you know, we're here in the Deep South, and I don't know if it's more prevalent here than other parts of the country, but there isn't anything we can say or think or feel that um, God hasn't heard before. Really? Really? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's our, our, it's our hang-up that gets in the way. Absolutely, and that, and that reminds me of the, the beautiful passage in Psalms. It's Psalms 139, it's 7 through 10. It says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, you're there. If mm-hmm. I descend into Sheol, behold, you're there also. If I lift up my wings like those of an eagle and dwell in the far out parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. It brings me back to that whole idea of presence, mm-hmm. which is the central theme in, in most religions around the world that says there is a way for a human being to access a divine entity and make connection with that divine entity in an internal way that says that it can't be escaped. That you can't be a saint? Can't, you can't escape it. Oh, yes, exactly. Right. And, you know, also, Andrea, don't you think a part of it is also appreciating that we are all children of God and that we were created in God's image. And so these desires that we have to go a certain path or to express ourselves in a certain way, um, if we could see them as seeds that were planted in us that are asking for water and nurture, you know, they're, they're looking for ways to grow. It's not a bad thing. It's actually, it's actually a very beautiful, very divine thing to, to nurture those aspects of ourselves. Thank you so much for saying that because I think that's one of the things that particularly here in the Deep South we do struggle with, that, mm-hmm. that whole idea that if I do what I want to do, I'm being selfish. Right. And that, that flies in the face of everything that is true in the authentic self, that it, it says desires and needs are the same thing. If I have a strong, passionate longing for something and I ignore that, then I'm not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. I had, um, you know, I've worked with um, folks who were experiencing physical ailments and other things as a result of staying in maybe career paths or relationships or faith traditions that weren't necessarily serving them because they're, and they could get glimpses of what might be calling for them but the fear of turning away from the known prevented them sometimes uh, or took, you know, got in the way at times from moving toward what was calling. And then when, and I'm sure you've seen this with your clients, when they make that turn and they choose to really listen to that still small voice that's crying out inside in different ways, um, it's not necessarily easy but there is a greater sense of peace that comes from moving in that direction. In fact, I think that's one of the uh, evidences that we have tapped into something that is authentic or divine, mm-hmm. one of the two, because it, it, it says, if I can find peace, then I know that I have, that's an, uh, what in psychology we would call an affective response. Mm-hmm. It says, 
I understand that I've tapped into something very real. Mm-hmm. And so the journey has to be internal in order for us to really be able to access that sense of peace, presence that kind of holds the whole. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I wanted to mention something. You know, when um, I mentioned the contemplative practice centering prayer, and one of the things in centering prayer that um, the instructions at the beginning is, you actually consent to God's presence and action within. And for me, every day, uh, that is such a humble reminder that part of my job is to get out of the way. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it does, and it's confusing, I think, too. I think sometimes we, we get confused about who is the me and who is the not me, you know, the yeah. false self and the true self. I want my false self out of the way, but I want my real self right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well said. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but there's also a humility in it, too, um, that I think is very important. Um, um, but for most people, I think one of, a humility isn't necessarily so much the issue as it is um, at least, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, humility is an issue, but I mean, for me, a lot of it really was being willing to listen to the, the direction that my heart was calling and to trust that all would be well if I followed that heart. Right. I think that last part is the hard part for a lot of people that say, it. I'm okay, I hear it, but if I do it, is everything really going to be okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So on your journey as you discovered more and more about the Eastern faith, mm-hmm. you discovered more about your own true spirituality, and how did that lead you back to where you are now? Well, um, and, and I would say that I loved the teachings in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition and, uh, and the Sangha and Lama Norla, and at one point um, I had just said to him, Lama Norla, something's missing, and... Um, he took my face in his hands and just looked at me, and he said, Mary, you were raised a Christian. Perhaps it's time to go home. And so from that, I returned, um, but it was a long journey getting there, and it's a very different Christianity than that of my roots. Wow. Wow. That's very powerful. We want to hear more about that after the break. This is Andrea Matthews with Authentic Living. We're talking to Mary B. Sullivan, the author of Dancing Naked Under the Moon. We'll be back in just a moment. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. I begin each day with an intention to be open to guidance, to expect guidance, to trust and appreciate when guidance comes. With these intentions, each day is easier to navigate. Hi, I'm Sonia Choquette. When I decided to trust my guidance and further my education, I chose the American Institute of Holistic Theology, A-I-H-T, with a soulful pathway to deep learning. In my own home, on my own schedule, I earned my Ph.D. in metaphysics. You know, the value of wisdom only grows, and in developing our own gifts, we can help others evolve, too. That's how it works. These self-paced programs in holistic health, metaphysics, 
Holistic Ministries, Parapsychic Science, and Holistic Theology can embolden your spirit to change the world. And the time has come for us all to do our part in changing the world. So in this moment, call the American Institute of Holistic Theology. The number is 1-800-650-4325. In this moment, visit AIHT.edu. All my love. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back. Mary B. Sullivan, the author of Dancing Naked Under the Moon. Mary, at the last uh, segment, we talked just a bit about how your journey led you back to Christianity, and you told us about that very powerful incident where uh, Lama Norla took your face in his hands and told you that maybe you needed to go back to the old tradition, and maybe that's what was missing. Can you tell us what happened from there? Mm-hmm. Well, um, at first it felt very similar to how I felt when I left the Catholic Church in that I felt like, well, if not here, where? Um, Because I had been visiting different Christian churches and just felt like um, I didn't fit in. Um, And so, but eventually I did find a very progressive uh, church, United Church of Chapel Hill in North Carolina, that allowed for me to question and return to my roots as uh, an adult woman with questions and that that was safe for me to be questioning and that it was okay for me to do that. And I found, you know, a love of the mystical contemplative side of Christianity and um, have now landed since we've moved here to Alabama in the Episcopal Church and, and feel very at home there. And, and still have a phenomenal appreciation for the Eastern traditions and all the, uh, the great traditions. And, in fact, I'm very involved in the Alabama Faith Council um, because I think it's so important for us 
um, to appreciate the beauty and the differences of each of the traditions without feeling like we need to create any us-against-them type mentality, but instead be appreciative of them all. As sort of we would another language. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I like that, yes. Absolutely, as we would another language. And, and knowing that when we uh, um, have interest and want to explore other traditions and learn more about them, that we're not betraying our or- tradition of origin, that th- this is of God too, um, and that there, we don't need to feel guilty about that. Um, but instead can celebrate um, the many different ways in which um, the divine chooses to relate to us. Right, and that whole thing about feeling guilty is one of the, um, one of the things that I think we face when we start asking questions about the nature of God mm-hmm. or the divine to us because we, we, many of us, have been raised all over the world. And regardless of religion, we've been raised in a tradition that said don't ask any questions because if you do, you're betraying God and that there's some kind of karmic or hellish punishment waiting for us if we do that. So Right, right. And yet, um, I, as you say that, Andrea, I just wonder, but perhaps um, we're missing out on the opportunity for the conversation if we aren't asking questions. Absolutely, and maybe not coming to some answers that would be very personal and, and bring us into a presence of ourselves and of our higher power, our divine, whatever that is for us, and uh, missing out on the journey, the spiritual journey itself. Absolutely, and for me, part of relating to God as an adult woman willing to ask questions also meant just um, breaking down the whole myth of God being, you know, a white, older man with a beard or something that seems to be the picture that a lot of us come up with at some point. And realizing that all of the, even the language that we use, whether we use he or she for God, um, we're actually, it's it's difficult because we need to use language to convey uh, what we're thinking and feeling, but it really minimizes um, God because God is much greater than any of those uh, words that we could use, and and I believe um, much more loving than we're um, conditioned to believe. Absolutely, and I think that that whole thing about it's a paradox because when we talk to other people of other religious persuasions mm-hmm. or traditions, we we tend to see it, feel as if they're speaking another language, and yet one of the central themes of of the sort of the presence, the practicing of the presence of God or the divine is is a languageless place. It, it is that place you spoke of a little while ago that says, "I there are no words." I know that in, when I'm meditating, so many times I get to this place where it's almost as if I can't move. My body will not move, and mm-hmm. my mind will not move, and, mm-hmm. and there's no words for that. There's mm-hmm. no description for that. So, so this language of other traditions comes from our own cultures. It doesn't necessarily spring from 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 the divine itself, it's, a, it's our own creative way of accessing the divine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? Father Keating, who's, um, you know, really brought the whole contemplative world to the fore in the Christian tradition in the last 30 years, um, you might get a kick out of this. One of the things he calls it is divine psychotherapy. Yeah. 
Um, And just this sense that in allowing that stillness that we allow for transformation um, and we trust that transformation is possible. And that transformation is, as I see it, the transformation is that journey from the false self, the very layers that we spoke of in the beginning that Mm -hmm. we unpeel the beliefs that we have that aren't necessarily true to Mm -hmm. something more authentic and very real within us. Mm -hmm. And believing that we can, that that person that's underneath that, that that authentic essence is very, very lovable. Um, and, um, and, and believing that we're important enough that um, giving time for the journey and giving time for ourselves in that way to discover that is, um, is a worthy use of our time, um, that, it is, that it, is, it is not only good for us personally, it is good for the people around us and our lives, and it is good for the greater planet in ways we could never know. Absolutely, absolutely. I so agree with that. And, you know, that's exactly what is being offered at the American Institute of Holistic Theology in terms of offering students an opportunity to really begin to question what is true for that particular person. What is that essence that we can go to where we can actually access something that we can call divine? In order to get there, we, we must begin to contemplate some of that cognitive dissonance we have when we consider another religion. We have to contemplate what is, what is our doubt, evaluate it. What is our internal conflict? What is going on with our anxiety? Is our anxiety really looking for more meaning in life? What is the purpose of my place here? Uh, how do I interpret the real world into the world of the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita? So we're talking about a holistic version of God today. If you have questions about that, I hope you'll contact the American Institute of Holistic Theology or contact Mary B. Sullivan at her website, which is what, Mary? www.maribeasulliven.com. Thank you very much, Mary, for being here with us today. We so appreciate your input into our process. Thank you. I've very much enjoyed being with you. Thank you very much. This is Authentic Living. We'll be back next week for another episode. Hope, to be, hope you'll be listening then. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.